Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Vibe with Vic pod. I'm your host, Vic, and welcome to my vibe. Listen, I need to know how everybody is doing. I need a pulse check, right? So earlier today, <laughs> I was like singing to myself, I was like, changing time. Well, it's really closing time, right? But I was like, it's changing time. Huh. It's daylight savings time because we all just went through that change last Sunday. So I need a pulse check because let me tell you something. If we want to talk about rhythm, my rhythm's off. And uh, I'm not talking about dance rhythm because I will always have rhythm when I dance. Okay, trust and believe. But my rhythm of getting to the gym, that's off. And it's been off for weeks, but it's really off now because it just is, you guys. But I need to get back into it. But I know that I, I know folks on here who listen to this pod have kids, and I know that that rhythm messes with your kids as well as your rhythm, and I just want to say I feel for you. So, and, and, and we're going to get through this together, right? We are going to get through this together. And so along with Daylight Savings Time, Mother Nature woke us up in Minnesota on Monday and chose violence. She threw us some snow. And I was seriously calling her the biggest hoe in three counties because I was tired of her and I'm tired of the snow, you know, and I want her to like hear me when I say this and I speak for a majority of the people who live in the state of Minnesota. We want spring and I don't think that's too much to ask. We have four seasons up here in Minnesota, but we just want to see spring. We have weddings. People have weddings. They want to get married and not in snow. So do them a favor, okay? Do them a favor for me. No, actually do it for yourself, okay? Because you're tired of people barking up, right? Whatever. Anyways, let's move forward from that. Let's talk about the good vibes portion. And the person that I have selected for this week of the good vibes is near and dear to my heart. His name is Joe Roels. And let me tell you guys something. He was my real estate agent for the very first house that I ever purchased. The very first and only house I've purchased. And let me tell you something. I purchased this house back in 2008. And it was during the financial crash. So we know that houses were at a discount. A discount that we're obviously not seeing right now. But anyways, Joe was fresh on the real estate market as an agent. And customer service is really everything. So he was there along the way holding my hand through this process. And we were on this journey together. And it worked out great. So he really listens. He's great. But if you want to fast forward, that was 2008. Joe's done a lot since then. It is now 2022, and he has evolved into a young black professional who thinks outside the box when he's trying to sell and buy, you know, help sellers sell their house and help buyers buy their house. That's what I meant. Um, so please, if you have Instagram, please go over and look at his Instagram page. It is selling the Twin Cities on Instagram. If you are looking to buy, because we are, it is, it's almost spring, you guys, you know. Um, if you're looking to buy or you're looking to sell and you 
are shopping around for an agent, please send him an email to joe at chrislindell.com. He will be happy to help you in your buyer or seller needs. All right. Now, for all of you, if you have any recommendations or suggestions of people that I should be shouting out, any uh, black-owned businesses, small-owned businesses, or diamond in the roughs, you can send me an email at vibewithvicpod at gmail.com. We're going to take a break, and I'll be back, and we are going to get into it. Stay tuned. jam-packed pod jam-packed pod i have a jam-packed pod for you we are going to be reviewing new jersey we're going to tap into teen mom married at first sight a little oc and i have a bunch of updates for you guys so excited but before i start off with jersey i kind of have a little bit of a rant um Remember I was talking about streaming services? Yep, I was a couple weeks ago. Um, we're gonna go with the, we're gonna go with the good news. So good news is HBO Max decided that they wanted to take Discovery Plus under their wing and they're adding it to their platform. So save me some coin, 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 coin. So I'm happy about that. But this rant is about Peacock and Bravo. So back in the fall, Real Housewives of Ultimate Girls Trip came out on Peacock. And they were just ranting and raving and saying, the only way you can see this is on the Peacock app. Now, hey, I don't pay for that. That is the one thing that Xfinity has actually done right. Not charge their customers for the app so I'm happy about that but I'm advocating for the people that actually have to pay for the app when Bravo starts releasing the series like a couple of weeks not even after it's fully aired on Peacock so it's like why why would you do that like that's kind of irritating to me because it's like so why would I pay for the app when it's going to be on Bravo regardless? And I get it. Maybe they weren't seeing the numbers. Maybe they weren't seeing the numbers on the Peacock app that they were like, okay, well, we need to bring in Bravo in order to keep these franchises going. Okay. I see. But you got to make it a little bit more, I don't know, worth it. Even though Peacock is actually coming out with some pretty good shows, um, it's you still have to make it worth it worth it for people to pay and you're probably thinking it's probably only four dollars I actually don't know how much it is. I think it is around four dollars, but still if you do four times twelve It adds up. That's a steak anyways All right Jam-packed podcast. Let's roll into Real Housewives of New Jersey so we left off at the boys being at dinner and at that dinner they were talking about just a bunch of things like things that the girls often talk about but um when we left evan and bill were actually getting into an argument because bill was trying to stick up for his wife jennifer 
and even when he was sticking up for his wife jennifer evan was like no like your wife was out of pocket when she was talking about me and it makes no sense so what i've come to realize is that bill does not like confrontation so bill gets up he's walking out and joe looks over at frank and says go get him go get him tell him to come back right so frank goes out there talks to bill and you know bill actually had some points bill had a point saying that it was Teresa who made the comment about evan cheating it wasn't jennifer jennifer was just relaying the message right and you know frank was like yeah i get it i understand or whatever but again bill he left he ended up leaving frank ended up getting back to the table and saying yeah he didn't come back he didn't want to talk about it whatnot and evan just didn't even care again Teresa started this shit completely with her comment last season about evan cheating but if anybody were to say that about Louie, she would lose it. Like, it's, I'm telling you, I don't know how many brain cells Teresa has, but it's not many. It is not much, honestly. So, they start talking to, they're still at the boys' table, at dinner, I should say. And they're talking about how much they like Louie for Teresa and, and them as a couple. And then Tiki, remember I told you, Tiki, I was like, why is he on the show? Well, Tiki actually, like, I was a little bit impressed with him. I was like, okay, Tiki, why don't you use your journalism background and ask the questions that we're all wondering about? Now, hey, I'm not a fan of Louie. There's a lot of deep dives online on the socials about Louie. If you look at Louie's past, it is sketchy, okay? The dude is a master manipulator, not to mention he has some, like, domestic violence things that are out there. So Tiki goes and asks him, questioning him about the physical violence that's in his past. And, you know, Louis has his, like, makeshift answers that he says. He's just different. And although he seems like he's really nice, he's really condescending in a way. And I don't even think that Teresa even, feel, like, realized it. It was, Teresa's not, she's just not smart. She's Teresa just wants to be loved, and I think Louis came in at a good time. Now, from the outer, outside looking in, you probably think, like, Louis's really good for her, but man, oh man, the red flags are just everywhere, and I mean everywhere. These deep dives are deep. They're so damn deep. Like, they're sea level deep. That's how deep they are. So... The boys continue to take tequila shots, and I'm just thinking, like, how do you guys get home? Are you guys all drinking and driving, or you guys have somebody coming to pick you up? The Uber? Are they coming to pick you up? You know, the Lyft? I have no idea, but I just I kind of wonder, because they're not taking, like, one shot of tequila. They're taking, like, six shots of tequila. So, anyways, um... While they're still talking to Louie, Louie mentions that his ex had stabbed her ex-husband. So that's the violence in the play. And he was trying to, like, I don't know, cover for himself. At the end of the day, Louie's still sketchy. And if I could bullet point everything for you guys, it's like it's literally a PowerPoint presentation of how many red flags Louie has against him. So anyways, dinner's over. It's the day after the dinner. 
and Margaret's probing her husband, Joe, about what, what the boys went over. And Joe, like he just spills, like Joe is the gossip girl of the whole crew. He'll tell, he will literally tell Marge everything. So Margaret's probing him. It pops over to Teresa talking about like how people get involved with her family. And she, like, here's the problem with Teresa. Teresa has no problem trying to talk shit about anybody else, right? But if somebody says something about her family, oh, she loses it. And on a major level, like she doesn't believe anybody should be in her business, but she can be in other people's business. So she is defending Louie the next day because Louie's telling her like what the guys were asking, what Joe was saying to her, Marge's husband Joe was saying to her, to him I should say. And uh, she's just like, I just don't want anybody to pop our love bubble. Okay, Vicki Gumbelson, your love bubble? We realize that you guys are, are in love, but Louie can stand up for himself. Like a couple episodes ago, he, like I said, master manipulator, very condescending. Those are huge red flags. So um, I think the one thing that people do appreciate about Louie is that he loves putting Teresa in her place. Like she's the only, like he's the only person that can literally say something to Teresa and Teresa will like, she will shut up. She will be quiet. And that's very hard for her, especially when she's in fight mode. It's insane. Um, they pop over to the Aiden house and Bill's talking to Jennifer and Jennifer is basically confronting her husband because the whole thing is that Bill cheated on Jennifer when she was nine months pregnant. And this is years ago because Jennifer has five kids and I forgot what child that she was pregnant with, but, um, at the end of the day, Bill cheated. And when everybody was talking about it on the very first episode of the season, Marge actually brought it up that made it all resurface for Jennifer. And so she's been dealing with those emotions all over again, but they went up to the shore and it came up again and Bill was just literally walked away from the group, walked upstairs and was just looking from afar, seeing his wife almost get into a fight with Melissa. Like when I tell you this dude doesn't like confrontation, he really doesn't. So I just want to know if you're a cheater, if you like cheating on your wife, which is horrible, how is it that you don't like confrontation, but you want to create the mess? That, that, that math ain't mathing. It, it don't make it make sense. I just, I don't know. Bill, I don't know. Do, do I think he's as slimy as Louie? No. Do I think that he's wrong in his own way? A thousand percent. Because Jennifer is pretty. Like, she's real pretty. She takes care of the family. They have a Turkish background. So that culture and everything. Like, I like Jennifer on this show. I really do. She's been a, an amazing addition to it. She says what's on her mind. She doesn't let people bully her. And there's not many new housewives. And she's not exactly new-new. But she's, she's, she's new. But there's not many housewives that can come in and stand in their own place. Like, don't get me wrong. We have Tracy. She's the new Tiki's wife. She's the new housewife. And I'm just like, hmm, Tracy, <laughs> you are. Because, <laughs> girl, I mean, 
I'll commend you on trying to put Teresa in her place at one point in time, but that's all you have. You, she doesn't really mesh well with the group yet, but everybody seems to love her. And this is like in the beginning of the like season. I think we're at like episode five or six. Um, but still, I just don't, I don't know. I think it takes me a while. I think I have an issue when I'm, I'm just observing new housewives behavior, trying to see like, who do they fall back to? Are you neutral? Do you change? Do you have your own personality? Like those are the things that I look for. So I would say the, um, the jury's still out on Tracy and it's still out on Tiki too. Like you might have a couple of zingers here, Tiki, but honestly, let's start talking about you and Tracy's relationship because we know that that is sc -sc scandalous. If y'all don't know, Tiki left his wife when she was pregnant for Tracy. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> He's foul too. So while you're sitting over here talking about like domestic violence, that's great and all, but you and Bill are kind of the same per type of person, except he stayed with his wife and and you didn't. You left her for your current wife and uh, you're just not good. Like, dude, I don't know. You're kind of crazy. Um, Dolores, her mom's still in the hospital. Um, she's in the hospital in the first segment and she comes out of the hospital. So we're all just thankful that Dolores is, uh, her mom is okay. I think she had like a triple bypass surgery or whatnot. Um, Dolores is very much a family person and it always shows. She has a really good relationship with her kids and she also has a really good relationship with the father of her children, which is Frank. So it's it's also nice to see. But again, Frank actually cheated on Dolores when she was pregnant with, I think it was Frankie, and Dolores left. She left him. So it's it's taken years. Like he didn't really know his children and now he's back living in the house with them because Dolores has her own town home. And when she was dating the doctor that is... I don't think he's performing the surgery on her mom, but he's a doctor and she used to date him. Um, he built her house. And so now the kids and Frank live there and Frank is using it as a, another opportunity to get to know his kids. But anyway, so Dolores is stressed. So Marge says, let's go to, to a spa. And so they go to a spa and, you know, everybody's there except for Jennifer Marge mentions Teresa's honesty or delusional, like how she can believe anything because she's just like how great Louie is. Like she just, it's almost like in the previous scene before the spa scene, she was sitting with her girls talking about her one year anniversary with Louie because they celebrated it this episode. And like, here's the thing. It's the way that she says it to her children. Like, isn't he a great guy? Isn't he a great guy? Like, how many times do you have to say it to actually believe it? Is Louis a good guy? <sighs> He's not. Uh, but you think he is, and you're really trying to sell it to your daughters. And I think, I think, I think Teresa's really good with her daughters. I think Gia's getting on my nerves, but that's a completely different subject right now. But, you know. Gia did say that she was, the jury was still out on Louie, but she just wants to see her mom happy, so I don't think she's ever going to voice it to her mom that she doesn't like Louie. But anyways, so I was talking about the spa scene, but I'm going to back up a little bit. 
and I'm going to talk about the uh, one-year anniversary date. So <laughs> Louis takes her out on a yacht. And when I tell you that she's taking her, him out, like Louis takes Teresa out on a yacht. And when I tell you if you saw the yacht, it kind of reminds you of like Diddy's yacht or Party in the Hamptons. Like that's how big the yacht was. And I'm like, where do you get this coin, dude? Where do you get this money from your MML? Yeah, that's a different story. So he, it's windy. It's like he takes her on a cruise on this big yacht. He got her flowers, a saxophone player, and uh, <laughs> he created a life-size poster of all the things that he loves about Teresa. Listen, I don't think that I would like that. A life-size poster with all the bullet points of why you like me? Can you just go to Walgreens and buy a card? Maybe write a couple of bullet points in there and then maybe look me in my eyes and tell me that you, how much you like me. That's nice. Not like a 1776 uh, uh, Independence Day life-size poster of how much you like me. But of course, Teresa loves it. You know, she's just all into it. And she mentions something like how Louis listens to her because he got a saxophone player just because she used to play the saxophone back in the day. I thought when people play um, musical instruments, I thought that that is, leads them to a higher IQ. I don't, I don't know what happened with Teresa. I need somebody to explain to me what happened. Did, did somebody beat her with the saxophone? Because I, I, I literally can't. <laughs> you guys, if you've been watching this show for years, you've got to understand how hypocritical she is and how delusional she is. And it's just, it's hard it, to watch sometimes. It's really painful to watch sometimes because she's kind of insane. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot going on in this, this whole episode. But at the end of the day, there was a spa scene. And within the spa scene, they were just talking to each other about all the things that were going on. Melissa touched on her daughter and how her daughter had an injury and, 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 Basically, she uprooted her daughter from a different school because they ended up moving out of the area. And Antonia holds it against her. And I believe her. Like, you guys have kids. Some of you do. And you guys understand that when you get to a certain point and you were to pull your kids out of a high school, that's so different for them to, like, move schools, especially during that aspect of puberty of their life. So I understand the adjustment of it. And so I don't know. We'll like to see, I would like to see how that unfolds, but do I feel for her a little bit? Because I can empathize with her a little bit. But other than that, not much happened. And I don't know if they actually showed what's going to happen next week on it for some odd reason. But I will say that the mid-season trailer for the New Jersey uh, Housewives is insane. They end up in Nashville. And it's Teresa against Marge. So is that something to look forward to, to I should say? Um, other than that, you know, that's it for New Jersey for this week, you guys. Um, I'm going to take a break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the Bachelor's finale. Do you guys remember in the beginning of this pod where I didn't mention that we were going to go over the Bachelor season finale? 
Yep. Well, we are. And here we are. We're going to go through it. And full disclosure, I did not watch the full season. I lost interest after episode four because I literally couldn't handle the females that were on this cast, how much they were crying. Like, honest, let's just bring it, take it down a notch for a minute. Bachelor. You have like 25 girls that are trying to vie for this one person. And this season, they picked Clayton. Now, Clayton's from Michelle's season. How they got to pick Clayton, I have no idea. I want to go back to those people and say, what the fuck is wrong with you? Honestly, <laughs> he was the worst. You could have had Minnesota Joe there because, and can we just have a moment? Okay. I understand I'm about to go on like a little bit of a rant about the clown named Clayton. But I have to say that Michelle from Minnesota is a little bit disappointed in you. Okay. I wanted you to go for Joe. It was perfect. He's from Minnesota. He has his shit together. Everything. It just seemed like it worked. And you picked the outlier. The one person that really has never had a relationship. Okay. I just had to say that. I needed to get that out of my chest. Apparently they're still together. I don't think it's going to last long, but that's another story. So let's pop back over to Clayton. Clayton is from Michelle's season. He barely made a stamp on anybody. Like, okay, he played with school children. Great. Thank you so much for doing that. But still... I didn't fall in love with your personality. I wouldn't have picked you to be The Bachelor whatsoever, but you, ABC literally just threw it in our face and said, Clayton's the next Bachelor. Great. Okay, let me watch this. They amped this season up so much. Like, it was going to be dramatic. You guys have to wait till the ending. This is going to be amazing. And it wasn't. It was a snooze fest. Now listen, I have a small group of friends that uh, we talk about The Bachelor, and um, none of us got through the full season. And if that doesn't tell you something, I don't know what does. I don't know what does. But what I can tell you is, Clayton is a clown. Remember Bozo? That's Clayton, because he's a damn clown, and I can't even handle it. All right, so you're probably thinking, so... If you hate it so much and you were so uninterested in it, then why did you watch it? And I, to you, I say, I got a voice message from my best friend. And she said, are you watching this? And I said, no, but I'm definitely turning the channel to it right now. And so insert the mess that started happening. Let's just say the reason why I'm calling Clayton um, a clown is because I have never seen somebody be so open about his wholeness. Now we get it. It's The Bachelor. You have 25 opportunities to sleep with 25 girls. And I don't know how many of those girls Clayton slept with, but I do know that he had one girl he was thinking about, and it was Susie. But in the midst of thinking about Susie, he slept with three other girls, I think two or three other girls, while he was thinking about the love of his life, Susie. Yeah. 
and he dumped the two other girls that were like the final roses, the two final roses. He dumped them in a group setting. The dude's a clown. And I hate him. I hate him. And so anyways, they, they pump this up as like, oh, this is Bachelor Live. We are going to go scene by scene. We're going to just deep dive everything, right? Um, so he finally tells the host that he's going to go after Susie. Like, oh my goodness, this is just amazing. Whew, this is like a Paramount picture, Warner Brothers. This is going to be uh, just something that you've never seen before. Something you see in the movies, right? So he he's in Iceland. He, he finally sends a note to Susie. Susie gets all dolled up. And, and she has a nice dress on, gets her hair together, makeup together. And uh, Clayton's probably thinking that she's going to say yes to, to him. But she ends up saying no. And she's like, you know, I have to do this for myself. You know, I have to say no to you. It just doesn't feel right. The way you love me is not the way that I love you. Um... And so, you know, the music's going on in the background and she walks away from him and he's standing out in the rain with his nice suit on, looking pitiful. Just pitiful. Clayton is pitiful. He's a pitiful ass clown. And um, she drives away and you think that's it. And I said, you know what? Uh-uh. It's 8.27 p.m. and this is happening. Too much time on the clock. Too much time on the clock, Right. So, of course, they're like, well, Clayton ended up leaving alone with zero roses. What's going to happen next? Who's he going to end up with? And that's when the guesses started happening, right? And I was like, it's probably one of those other two girls. I'm like, I just love Clayton to death. Oh, my gosh. But it was Susie. It was stupid Susie. I'm sorry. First of all, let me just break something down to you and listen Clayton might be over six foot tall he has horrible posture um I am a nitpick everything about him because I do think he's a clown but I also you know when you watch these scenes like even when you watch movies you watch people make out or whatever and you're like wow they're a good kisser or whatever Clayton doesn't know how to kiss at all like there's nothing about him him and his underbite can literally, like, take a walk. I, I, I can't handle it. He's just, I'm just not attracted to him. I don't think he's attractive at all. I don't think he really has much going for him. But at the end of the day, he's happy. And him and Susie, and she was trying to make us understand, like, why she went back to him. And, girl, we understand that you didn't want to look like a clown in front of all of bachelor nation you wanted to be the empowerment of a female to say no to a hoe because clayton is a hoe but at the end of the day you ended up being with him so as much as you want to look at the audience and you want to tell the audience well yeah you know i just want to let you know like um she just didn't want to do it to herself and you know they had to have conversations offline and she rethought about it at the end of the day girl you went back to him you went back to the trash is he recycled trash is Clayton recycled trash who knows so they end up living happily ever after well for now 
And then six months later, they'll probably break up. But anyways, so that's the end of like the Clayton season. And of course, when you're on the finale of Bachelor, they always introduce who's going to be the next Bachelorette or Bachelor, depending on the season. And they are now going to have two Bachelorettes for next season. And I'm telling you this right now, I am not sure if I'm going to watch. Who wants to watch two girls try to fight over like how many guys are you going to have? 50? How are you going to balance that? And when you, I feel like if you have two girls as bachelorettes, that lets me know that one of the girls, their personality isn't strong enough to hold the season. And that is how I feel. So will I watch next season? I have no idea, but I needed to get that off my chest because we don't like clowns. I don't know about you. I don't like clowns. I don't like it. I don't like clowns and I don't like men who act like clowns. So in saying that, I'm going to take a short break. I'm going to come back. I think we're going to touch on a little bit of Teen Mom. Stay tuned. Teen Mom 2, Baby Daddy's in you. Okay, I'm going to keep it short and sweet with the Teen Mom recap this week. We'll start off with Leah. Leah, um, what can I say about Leah? Her storyline is boring. I'm not interested in it. This episode, she is meeting and dating her now boyfriend, Jalen, which is great to see. And her father has come back into the picture because he got arrested and wants her to bail him out. That's just the gist of that. I don't know, you guys. There's just something about Leah that's different this season. If you've been watching, Leah's from West Virginia. Now, I don't know how much diversity that they have in West Virginia, but I do know this, that she used to be a redneck, and it, it appears that the redneck went away. And I don't know how quickly it went away. I'm still observing the whole situation but honestly I just I don't care about her storyline at all I don't think she's interesting I think she has things difficult things that she goes through with her kids and I think that's great to see and I think we saw that last season but this season I'm just it's not it's not grabbing me right if I could fast forward through her I would a hundred percent would and sometimes I do. Okay. Let's move on to Ashley. Now, Ashley and Barr are married, but now they are separated. Ashley's not seeing the progress. I really know it's progress, but I love to call it something different. She's not seeing progress in Barr. He's not saying what he needs to do or whatever. But anyways, Barr takes their daughter, Holly, who is so cute. I mean, honestly, I just want to kidnap her. She's just so darling and ah, she's so cute. So Bar takes Holly, their daughter, to Ohio to visit his mother. Now, remember, if you've been watching 616 and Pregnant, you know that Bar and Ashley's family do not get along. Ashley's mom does not like Bar. Um, and I think Bar's mom tolerates Ashley. Um, so that's kind of how it is. 
at the end of the day, Bard's just trying to think about he's about to lose everything in his life and he really needs to get his shit together. And if he doesn't get his shit together, uh, he will not have a wife anymore. And to that I say, chop, chop, motherfucker. Like, hurry up and get your stuff together, honestly. Um, that's pretty much it for them. Oh, goodness. Let's talk about Jade. Jade is surrounded by drug addicts. We spoke about this last week. Uh, from last week into this week, Sean's in rehab, so we don't see him this episode whatsoever. And But because Sean's not there, she wants to lean on her mother. Now, we all know Jade's mother. Remember when Jade got her BBL and they sent her mother to the, the pharmacy? her mother, the drug addict, to the pharmacy to pick up her pain pills, the drugs that she's addicted to. Like, the stupidity can be so real on some of these shows. Like, I'm like, is this scripted? Because why would you send a drug addict to a pharmacy to pick up drugs? But anyways, so now that Sean's in rehab, and Chloe's having issues with her teeth, she wants to lean on her mother, but she notices that her mother gives her a lot of anxiety. And so nothing's really changed. <laughs> Jade, I get where Jade's coming from. You have your mother, like she's your mother. You don't want her out of your life. You want her in your kid's life. But at the end of the day, she's not cleaning up her act. I mean, her mother basically said in the um, episode, that drop her off right there, she needs to go to her, like, I don't even know what place it was, but it was somewhere where she could go gamble. <laughs> and Jade's like, so you're still gambling? So not only are you a drug addict, you have a gambling addiction. Like, listen, drop her off at the next corner and tell her to call her when she's completely sober and she has her stuff together. Why would you want to expose your child to that? I have zero idea. But that is Jade, and she's working through it. So hopefully by the end of the season, we will see a sober Sean, and we'll see her cut off her mother, or we'll see her cut off her mother and her baby daddy. But I don't think she'll ever cut off Sean, because Sean helps her with Chloe a lot, that that relationship will always be there. So, that's enough of Jade. Uh, let's just talk about the hottest mess on Teen Mom 2, and that's Brianna. I mean, when I talk about how messy somebody is, if you look in the book of Teen Mom 2 of hot messes, it's, it's Brianna. Her name's in bold because she can't stop being messy. So anyways, last time we talked about this, Brianna's being sued by Kale of defamation of character because she was being messy. So Brianna thinks it's a good idea to fly out to Philly to be on Kale's Baby Daddy's podcast. Is she dumb or is she stupid? Are you not involved in a lawsuit right now? Like, I don't understand. Like, you clearly are not intelligent whatsoever. So Chris, Kale's Baby Daddy, is trying to give Brianna an opportunity to give her side of the story. Now, Kale knows nothing about this. She doesn't know that Chris is filming. 
she doesn't know that Brianna's up there with Chris. She has zero idea. Now let's back up a moment. Chris never wanted to be on camera. He fought the cameras. He was fighting everything, stating that he wanted to see his kids. And Kale was telling him, like, I think she was trying to put him on, but he didn't want it. But all of a sudden this season, when he's like opening up, he's he's created a podcast, he wants the cameras on him. And it's strategic, like good for you. But at the end of the day, why are you showing up on this show, not with your baby mother, but with your baby mother's nemesis, arch nemesis? That does, that's the dumbest thing ever. And they were also hanging out too. Like Rihanna kept on saying, it's just for business. Meanwhile, Brianna's engaged to a guy named Javi, not the same Javi that is attached to Kale, but her own Javi. And she doesn't understand why her fiance Javi is upset with her being in Philly, hanging out with another dude. She doesn't care. Like this girl's slow. And it's so irritating to watch because if somebody were to do this to her like if 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 the shoe was on the other foot she would lose her mind and she would get her sister involved to fight for her like Rihanna's annoying she's annoying as all hell so in saying that after that whole scene happened and Kale got whiff of that Kale called the executive producers of Team Mom and said she's done filming filming so like Kale's quit team mom too and I'm like in shock I googled it it's real life she quit and I I don't blame her I don't blame her do I think that she'll come back to the cameras I'm not quite sure I think Kale likes her life without the cameras I mean who wouldn't the cameras have been in your face through all your children And I don't even know how old Kale is, but she's had four kids. I don't even know how many houses she's been into. Girl needs probably a break. And hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully she'll find somebody decent. I mean, she's making good money. She has her own podcast and stuff. So it's not like she's hurting for it. She has her investments. So I don't know. We will see. Now, that's all I have for you for Teen Mom 2. But I will tell you guys, I do have some announcements for you. So there are shows that are coming back. And I think that there's going to be a part of me that does bonus episodes for some of these shows. Now, Atlanta, and anybody has seen Atlanta on FX, it's coming back at the end of the month. I think it's coming back March 24th. So I'm super excited. It's been on hiatus for the last couple of years. It was devastating to the fans that Atlanta was not like coming back sooner. So this is good. This is a breath of fresh air. Um, next up, Bridgerton is happening. Bridgerton off of Netflix is second season's coming out, being released on March 25th. So I'm excited for that. Um, just good things coming along. Um, Temptation Island started on Wednesday. You're not going to tempt me. Yes. Now that right there, (laughs) I will be talking about Temptation Island. I don't know what I'm not going to be talking about, but Temptation Island will be on the docket, you guys. Now that right there is, I don't even know. That's, 
I don't know if it's fresh, hot, pure, or recycled trash, but it's one of them. And it's something that I enjoy. I thoroughly enjoy watching. So I will be glued to the new season, and I hope it brings it like the last couple of seasons have. Um, trying to think of any other announcements I do have for you as far as like new shows coming out. Hold on. Um, Abbott Elementary has been renewed for a second season, so that is amazing. Uh, and I don't know if anybody's watching The Thing About Pam, but I think I might tune into it and let you guys know. Maybe that might be a bonus episode, depending on if I like it or not. Stay tuned to that. Um, also, not to go back to reality television for a minute, but I think about Temptation Island, and I also have to say that X on the Beach is coming back to MTV. Listen, I don't know what reality gods have been listening, but they're taking back the old, and they're bringing it back, and I kind of like it. But I'll only really like it if the cast brings it. <laughs> Why do I get this excited for this type of stuff? It's because it's like an internal fire inside me. I can't explain it, but it just makes me so happy to watch it. It's just, you don't have to think. You just watch and observe. I'm telling you guys, this is the type of psychology stuff that they need in class. <laughs> Anyways, that's all I have for the announcements and for the recaps for Teen Mom 2. I'm going to take a break. We're going to come back and I'm going to do a short recap on Real Housewives of OC. Stay tuned. So I decided Real Housewives of OC. Um, I had a conversation with myself and I don't think that I should recap them anymore because they're boring. They're not doing anything for me. Um, in fact, I'm going to go as far as to say that they are the weakest franchise out of the Housewives. I said it. I'm, I'm going to let you let that, you know, sink in a little bit. But I'm, I'm going to keep it 100 with you. They don't bring anything. They don't bring that New Jersey energy, New York, Potomac, ATL, Salt Lake City. They don't even bring Miami energy. They don't bring it. They're so damn vanilla. And I know I forgot about Beverly Hills, but Beverly Hills is only maybe a couple of tiers higher than OC. I mean, the last couple of seasons have been fired because of Erica's drama, but, and they're, I understand. But at the end of the day, OC is pretty damn vanilla. Now, think about it. I'm going to paint a picture for you. Vanilla ice cream, right? Who has vanilla ice cream? who has it no you don't majority of people if they have vanilla ice cream they have to add a topping they have to add chocolate butterscotch caramel right sprinkles whipped cream cherries right you have to dress that shit up these ladies have plain vanilla ice cream plain because they're plain they bring nothing. And so I feel the need to not recap them. I'm done with them until they bring me 
some honest drama. Okay, bringing Heather back, great. She's had a couple of zingers. Emily's drunk all the time with her zingers. Gina's trying. Jen's just there. Noella is exhausting and desperate to be in the camera. And I am tired. So I'm not going to recap them. I'm over it. So I'm going to move on to Married at First Sight. And I love Married at First Sight. I'm telling you guys, if you don't watch it, you need to. Because it's good. When I say it's like top tier good. No, but it, it fills my reality tank. I mean, I start screaming at the television, I'm not going to lie, when it comes to certain, certain cast members on this season that's out in Boston. So I'm going to set the scene for you. This is their one month anniversary. Um, they're connecting with friends, connecting with friends in the front half of the episode. And then they're on their one month anniversary dates in the second half of the episode. And I'm going to start with Jasmina and Michael. They have communication issues, but they're trying to reignite, rekindle, reignite the spark that they had on the wedding night. Do I think it's going to happen? Do I think that they are going to get to decision day and say yes to each other? And I'm going to come in with a no. Jasmina and Michael have yet to have sex. On top of that, um, Jasmina says that she has zero romantic feelings towards Michael. You're 30 days in, girl. You've been in his face for 30 days. And you don't have a romantic feeling for him? <laughs> Chucking the deuce. Okay? Done. Moving on. Noi and Steve, they have sex. They laugh together. They eat together. But also, they have communication issues. And the biggest reason of that is, uh, oh, wait a minute, Steve doesn't have a job. I will not stop saying that because he has the capability of getting a job. He has an engineering background. He just doesn't want to work. And honestly, do you think that I would be opening up my legs to him if you don't have a job? Like the shop is closed right what else can you bring me to the table because you're bringing the love and you're bringing the energy right but love and energy don't pay the bills so what else are you going to bring me dick on the platter is that where you're bringing me honey stop after a while that gets tired especially since you're not working. And then on top of that, this is what annoys me about Steve. On top of that, he's like, I do everything around the house. You should. You don't work. I'm working. You're not. And I know a lot of people are probably like, Vic, calm down. But he wants to share duties. He wants to be a wonderlust. And all she asks him is like, hey, we need to have a plan because I want to have kids. And this needs to be a two-income household. And he's like, you don't think I'm able to get it? No, bro, you don't have the ambition to get a job. I just, I just don't, I don't, I can't get around, I can't get my head around that. Like why he just doesn't understand why she's upset and keeps looking at him and being like, 
we got to figure this out. Otherwise, I don't see myself saying yes to you on decision day because you want to be unemployed. Like, it's not like you got laid off. Like, you literally are making a decision to be unemployed. That don't work for me. And it don't work for Noi. Okay. So, speaking of people being unemployed, Mark the Shark, he got laid off. I mean, Mark's just kind of going through it. He gets married. His apartment gets um, gets booted from his apartment because of infestation. infestation. Can I talk? Anyways. So, he has no apartment. Now he has no job. And he barely likes his wife because she's just so assertive. Like, Lindsay's assertive. She's She has a lot of energy and he's very reserved. So when they say opposites attract, I'm not quite sure if it, if it works all the time. You can't have two people on two separate spectrums and it actually work unless they really want it to work. Now, for two strangers to get married and to be those that far apart on the spectrum, I don't think it's going to work. Not to mention, okay, Mark has a crazy eye. Does anybody know what a crazy eye is? I don't know if it's the lighting from um, the cameras or whatnot, but them eyes are crazy. And I just want to hand him some sunglasses. I'm like, Mark, it's okay. Like, yeah, you can cover this up for you. But they're just so, they're just so alert, you know? And I don't know. Listen, it could be the caffeine he's drinking. It could be the energy drinks that he's drinking. But his eyes look like they're on a 10, and I need them to come down to maybe a 5 five still open if it was on a zero he'd be asleep so we're gonna say a five for him but at the end of the day you know mark and Lindsay, they have ongoing issues but they actually were getting on the same page with everything mark apologized for how he was behaving took Lindsay to this nice camping spot and they had a really good time um do i think they're gonna make it nope don't think they're gonna make it <laughs> at all um and then the last couple i want to tell everybody this i am on the hater train of elijah Wan. he is uh the on the list of being one of the number one piece of shit men on television like the dude wants a caretaker how he talks to females is just unacceptable right um he is a retired hoe and when i say that he's retired he has soiled his wild oats everywhere amongst boston and has no problem telling anybody who wants to listen like he said that on the honeymoon bro i'm sorry that's not something that you share to the whole group and sitting next to your now wife like, I can't. So, am I happy that Katina and Olajuwon haven't had sex? A thousand percent. And they had a really good time on their dates. Olajuwon just has all these, like, backhanded comments that he says to Katina. And Katina has been the victim of, like, an emotional and mental abuse before. So, you can see her being quiet. And I 100% I understand. Like, you're just trying to observe the situation. And, and Elijah Wan, he doesn't like that. He wants her to be more vulnerable. So anyways, let me set the scene of the craziness that happened 
on this episode. So the whole episode was like lovey-dovey, everybody just being honest and real about their feelings or whatever. And then the last part, the, like the last five minutes, this dude, Elijah Wan, goes into Katina's phone. And he's like, yo, can I get your phone? I got to look at something, right? So he went in. I don't know what he was looking for initially, but he went beyond that and looked through her phone and found a dating app. So he starts just snapping off. Like he tries to call her out. No, no. Like he called her out at dinner. He didn't go in on about it, about like the dating app there, but he literally was trying to make her look bad in front of everybody, all the other couples. And so she's like caught off guard because one moment he's like kissing her and holding her hand and lovey-dovey. Now, if this has happened on the ride over and you're so upset about it, don't be kissing. Don't kiss me. Don't touch me. Okay, pull me to the side. And if you have a question, comment, or concern, then let's talk about it. But don't act like everything's great and then pull a 180 and start acting crazy, right? Saying that I'm not quite sure. This is how he's annoying. So anyways, they get back to the apartment. He tries to expose like, why do you have a dating app? I'm your husband. I don't even have that. And like, he won't even let her speak. He's disgusting. Now I get it. Do I get why people are upset with that? Yeah. But she was basically trying to say, I haven't been on here swiping. Like you can get mad about that, but I haven't been on here swiping. I've been concentrating on us. So, but he's just not, nah, I, I think Olajuwon has been looking for everything to deny Katina. He's looking for something and he went searching and he found it and now he's using it against her. He is fucking trash. I cannot stand him. He is a shitty person and I don't like shitty people and I don't like shitty men. Like, honestly, yep. <laughs> I think that made me feel really good. Uh, <laughs> that's the recap for Married at First Sight for this week, right? Uh, next week's supposed to get even get more explosive, but I just love seeing it. The The amping of Decision Day is coming, you know. We got 30 more days to go, so I would say like a couple more weeks of this. Uh, again, do I think Katina and uh, Elijah Wan are going to make it? And no. <laughs> I hope they don't. I hope she looks him dead ass in his face and says, you are punk and I don't want you. I don't want you. I never will lose my number. You're trash. I hope she says that to him. Anyways, besides that, I know I'm like hopping over because this is how my brain goes or whatever, but this is, I have really enjoyed this. I hope the volume is better on this um, podcast than it has been on the previous podcast. Because I'm trying out here, everybody. I am trying. And I'm just doing this, you know, all by myself. And so, in saying that, um, other things. I keep on popping in and out of the housewives because things keep popping up. But, just so you guys know, Real Housewives of Atlanta and Beverly Hills are coming back sooner than we think. So, what are we talking? I think we're talking May. That's what I'm talking. So it's March now. We got one more month and then we are going to be in Housewife Bliss 
I mean, I stay in housewife bliss. I don't know about you, but I really appreciate you all listening again. I don't have any other rants for the day. Um, it's been good. So this is Vic and thanks for vibing with me until next time. Stay classy.